Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Vlogcast that comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why. The Vlogcast started as a combination of spite and the Streisand effect because some people on Facebook really need to learn what the hell they're doing. You know, it's all well and good. You know, you've got 26 letters and 10 numbers, but really, if you don't know how to use them, what the hell is the point? I mean, fingertip diarrhea is all well and good for some people, but not for people like us. Part of this is to follow through with the old adage, sometimes the journey is more important than the destination. I'm your main host. I'm known as Shujin Tribble all over the place. S-H-U-J-I-N. Yes, I know. You can read it right there on the screen. If only things were working the way that they were supposed to. Thank you, Google. Hey, it's free. You know, it, it is what it is. Let me go ahead and uh, show you who's actually on deck at the moment. Uh, there, there's reasons for everything, as usual. Just north over the border into, um, oh my god, it's still freaking cold this week. Good morning, Heretic Woman. Good morning. It's not too bad, it's only like minus three. Mm. Outside of Washington, D.C., still where it's, well, um, people still have jobs, we don't know why. Good morning on Renault Tech. Good morning, folks. Today I have coffee, vodka, and Helial. Approved pork rinds. It's halal. Whatever. <laughs> Fuck it. Hell, is, you go to hell one way it's or the other. Or not. It's made out of 100% real pork. Kosher pork. Yeah, real pork. Sure. <laughs> yeah. The same way that my real leather belts are made out of real leather. I'm sure. Naga hide. Naga hide. 100% pure, genuine pleather. You know, don't, don't, don't even, you don't know even what? joke with this stuff, man. Lahayim. Yeah, that's all well and good. And I don't know if he's hearing us at this point. Good job there. Uh, from Pittsburgh, from Pittsburgh, Joey, can you still hear us, or can you hear us at all at this point? I'm going to take that as a no for right now. Yeah. Joey is uh, ha having a little bit of a problem hearing us. We can hear his microphone, but he can't hear us, at least not just yet. Not quite sure what the hell is going on, but again... Free service, so you know we're we're working on it behind the scenes best we can. Dallin has already uh, begged off because he's been uh, a little bit exhausted, which it, such happens, you know, no big thing. Uh, Bridget, I don't know where Bridget is actually right now, but that's that's okay. And Joseph, well, um, he let me know a couple of hours ago on Messenger that um, he's probably not going to make it because he's looking at about three hours of sleep. So. Um, uh, I may win 10 bucks on this one. So, uh, Joseph, if you actually end up tuning in for the first couple of minutes, fuck off. Go back to sleep. You're not joining us tonight. Go away. Shoot. Uh, heretic woman, it, how, how do you say, how do you say shoe in, in, uh, in French? Um, does, does it loosely translate as piss off? Yes. Close enough. Okay. Yes. So yeah, Joseph piss off. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. So, if you're watching live, of course, thank you. Go ahead and take advantage of the live chat feature. I, I don't know where it is on your screen. I don't care. I don't care. You're there. That's the important part. So, Stephanie. And hi, hi. Stephanie. Yes, we see you over there. Wait, Stephanie's high? I want some. Uh, you know what? Whatever <laughs> whatever qualifies, I don't care. So all I have right now is cheese and vodka. Isn't that legal in D.C.? You could just hop over there and get some. I don't know. You know, if you look at all the politicians that are more than likely high, you really want what they're having over there? Eh, I don't know. Yeah, we shall see. I'd rather go out to Colorado. At least it's been proven over there for the last couple of years. 
Fair enough. <laughs> and we'll be legal over here by the summer. Good on you. Coming to visit you. Yeah, it could be. No. So uh, once in a while, uh, Joseph is probably going to, oh, sorry, Joey is probably going to pop in at some point or other. And uh, Joey is probably going to let us know when um, when uh, when he hears us one way or another. Hey, Joey. Not yet. You are the very model of Monomator General. Don't uh, do not do that. Don't do that. Because sooner or later, somebody's going to go. <sighs> don't don't make me don't make me do this because I can still I can still. In the rear of my Richard General, I've been finished with Richard Bonham and I know the king's in the court of Bethesda, but one of them is I'm going to gurgle. Sounds like you're going to shut up. Very well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go back up. Timmy with a lot of news. With many cheerful facts about the square of the high button news. I remembered. I remembered. And they can't sue us because it's 18, late 1800s. So, you know what? Yeah. Tough shit. Our. So, uh, Stephanie, Earl Grey tea. Uh, I don't think it would suit tech. Uh, no, no, no. It's tea, Earl Grey, hot. As it should be. Yes. So, as a, as an aside, uh, by the way, just to get everything rolling over here, uh, believe it or not, I actually did utilize Twitter for uh, for something okay. worthwhile, which was to put up the picture of the beers that were left over for someone to choose who, to, to, to choose which to choose which of the beers I was going to have tonight. And uh, courtesy of Ms. S.J. Wilson over there on uh, on Twitter, Ms. Mrs. Sorry, Mrs. Mrs. S.J. Wilson on Twitter had gone ahead and suggested Rusty Chain tonight. So I will be... Uh, that that be, would have been... That would be Stephanie. Uh, I don't... Uh, whatever. I don't care. I want a rusty well, grenade. She, she's just saying that was me. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't care. I don't care. Well, I do. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a there's a French. Yeah, I I can't do that. That's Italian using your hands to, to flip <laughs> people off. So it's, I don't think I don't think that quite translates the same way. So as a, as an aside, this is out of the out, out of the refrigerator. Uh, not even five minutes ago, it still has its nice little on it. Ooh, yeah. You hear that? On that whole thing about talking with the hands, it, it took a long time for the Axis to figure out how to properly in- interrogate the Italians because every time they'd ask them a question, they wouldn't get any answers out of them. They had their hands tied behind their backs. <laughs> Explains everything right there. <laughs> Dang. Also happens to be uh, similar for New Yorkers. Uh, there's probably from all that inbreeding and genetic modification that happens over here, but that's uh, we'll talk but about no, the little no, baby. That's New Jersey. No, no, no. no. I, I was going to say that's that's from all the little baby nogas that get uh, raised up in East Quag. Yeah, <laughs> could be West Quag. I mean, you think that you've got such a great life, you know, just running around and playing out there in East West Quag? Could I forget which one? It, it's one of the Quag, and all of a sudden, you know, sooner or later. Right on. You, you don't even you don't even know what happened to you. It, it's 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 and really a sad life. That have this have any idea have. how many nagas it takes to make a seat cover? I mean, it, really, it, it it takes a lot. It used to take you more start with really. a naga hide. Yeah, well, that's that's what it takes. I mean, the you know, it, it used to take a hell of a lot more. You know, back when they still had bench seats for Buicks. Oh, that yep. that was yeah. 
we'll we'll keep that in mind. Yeah, bench bench seats front and back. So yeah, yeah. that was before they By had the way, consoles. Yeah. D- does does your beer have ingredients listed? Stephanie wants to know if they use actual rusty chains. Uh, <clears throat> oh, he's got to get the geezer glasses out. You. You, you know That's what? Already... What? I... what? <laughs> you know what? We we have a fine collection of them here as well. So <laughs> let's see. You know, you it, it is true what they say, Sujin, about glasses making somebody look more intelligent. Because, no. no, seriously, you have when you put those on, you have the look of a college professor. Not a bad one, but somebody who actually takes education very seriously. I do take education very seriously. Uh, So it's a compliment, then. Oh. Is a crisp amber beer. So it has amber in it. You know, I I would think that she'd be pretty upset about that personally, but, you know. um, (laughs) Depends on which body part. Oh, wait a second. We use a selection of European malts and three different hops to achieve... A unique taste. The real question is, when they do the hops, do they remember to pick up the stone? I don't know. But no actual rusty chains. No rusty chains. From looking. However, at the end, it does say, cheers to traveling on two wheels. Okay. So it's, they're, they're saying it's like a biker beer. Yeah, basically. Okay. So, there we go. Uh, by the way, uh, Trippin, hi, Felis, hi. Heretic, stop at <laughs> I have I have words for you. Uh, one of them is I wasn't here last week. I have to make it. Yeah, happen. yeah. Well, don't worry about it. I mean, in a couple of weeks, you'll get to take over the whole show for a week. Ah. ah. Um. Um. What weekend's that? Uh, soon. Don't worry about it. We'll. We'll. I'll, I'll tell if you all about that later. If it's St. Patty's, I'm gonna be in Nashville. Uh <laughs> We'll see what happens. We'll. T- we'll talk. We'll talk. Okay. Anyway. So let me go ahead and get everything rolling over here, and I will open this. Not yet. Not until I'm ready to start drinking, which I will wait until after. I leaned back to do a Ted but Not that Ted Bundy. Not the Ted Bundy I was thinking of. Felis is licking something. Yeah, that's... I don't want to know. So let me roll. So with five minutes on the clock, oh God, you people kill me! Your five-minute freestyle starts right now, and I, I need to uh, I need to kind of adjust my uh, my my volume and everything. So, uh, Dallin, if you're listening and, and cleaning this up a little bit, I'm sorry. Dear atheist podcaster, you know that is um that's uh. An innocent enough opening in some respects and a, a red flag to some others or a red cape as the case may be. Dear, dear non-scuba atheist, diver. Dear Atheist Podcaster is the name of a monologue that Cash, the guy who ran Atheist on Air, put out three years ago. I had a little notice that came up on my Twitter feed for holy crap that said hey do you remember when you joined twitter we do 
Happy third anniversary. Holy shit. It's been three years. I had reason to uh, specifically make reference to Cash's monologue because um, our good friends over there at No Religion Required uh, hung up the microphones this past week, which kind of hurt. But we knew full well that, you know, we all know full well, sooner or later, all of our shows have to end. And No Religion Required have been good friends, really, really good friends, and really do appreciate them. But three years ago, I was really wondering whether or not this show was going to be something worthwhile. We were just talking out into the void, doing our recordings, getting some people together, you know, trying to find our way through and not getting any feedback. You know, no, no emails, no voicemails and no threatening letters or no cease and desist from uh, YouTube. And cash is somebody that I, I looked up to and I, I really appreciated him. And I, I like, I like the guy. And I asked him, you know, is what should I do? I mean, should I, should I even, is it worth doing what I'm doing? And he basically kicked my ass and he basically said, and again, I'm paraphrasing because I, I couldn't tell you exactly. If you knew that you were going to help one person, just one person, and it was going to cost you two, three, maybe $700 over the course of however long it is that you're going to be doing this thing. If you knew that you were going to help one person, would you still do it? Even knowing full well, it's it's $700. It's basically just going to get pissed in the wind, but you're going to end up helping one person. Would you do it? Well, yeah, of course. Well, then what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm pretty sure that gospel truth, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what he told me. And I kind of took that to heart and I said, you know what? Okay. Okay. I will, I will, I will remember that and, and I'll see what I can do. Not an hour later did he post that monologue, the one that's linked in the show's description. The one that I keep reminding myself about every time we come on air. No lie. I may not mention it, but it is always a piece that I think about. It is something that I remember every time. Dear atheist podcaster, whoever you are, wherever you might be, whomever you have decided to produce yourself as. Dear future atheist podcaster, wherever you are, whatever it is that you decide that you're going to do, however it is that you're going to present yourself, thank you for trying. That's what we're doing here, man. We're just trying. We're trying to set a good example. We're trying to be good people. And the guys over there at No Religion Required... They've done good. I challenge anyone to look at a group like them who have decided 
you know what? That's enough. That's, that's all we can do now. I challenge you to look at people like that and say that they've done a bad job because for us here and for me personally, those are very dear atheist podcasters to me. It's episode 198 on the docket, your honor slavish devotion. Uh, this one came because, uh, Unredo tech had basically said, look, uh, well, you know what tech you, you go ahead and give it the real quick rundown and, uh, and get rolling. All right. So, um, long story short, I'm spending time with a friend and the friend invites me to go to church with them. And I'm okay with this. I'm, I'm comfortable in a church despite being an atheist because, well, one, I know most of what's expected of me, uh, having been there, because uh, I grew up in a mixed religious background, Catholic on my dad's side, Jewish on my mother's side. For a time there, I was a practicing Jew, and I was a practicing uh, born-again Christian, um, which I've gotten the whole no true Scotsman fallacy thing thrown at me a few times for that one. Uh, yeah, but. If you're a Christian, you never become an atheist because, you know, if you were an atheist, then you were never truly a Christian. Yep. So um, what ended up happening was is I, pr I promised a friend who's very, very aware that I was an atheist. And the reason why the friend invited me was so that we could spend more time together not to try to convert me. The friend and I have agreed long ago that we would not try to convert each other. And um, besides, atheism is just a lack of belief. It's There's no dogma attached to it. It doesn't tell you you have to go and convert 10 people to atheism every year or some crap like that. It's not like a religion. Okay? Not even science does shit like that. And science, of course, is not a religion, but some people seem to think so. So anyway, um, I went. And, um, as always, whenever I'm spending time with this friend, I'm having a good time. And, uh, then the sermon starts. The, uh, the basis, the, the whole theme in terms of the songs that were being, the hymnals that were being sung and everything else was being a slave to God. Because if you refuse to be a slave to God, then you're automatically, there's no third choice here. You're automatically a slave to sin. Mm -hmm. You cannot have anything else. You cannot be free. Okay. The, the, the mentality of freedom is an illusion. You can't be free from God. You can only be a slave to God or be a slave to sin. And at that point, my bullshit meter in the back of my head went, eh, danger, Will Robinson, danger. Yeah. <laughs> at that level of bullshit, I'm kind of allergic to. I kept my peace. When it came time for the prayers, I didn't nod my, bow my head because, frankly, I listened to the prayers and it was like, yeah, no, I'm not praying for something like this because uh, from one prayer doesn't work and two, I don't agree with what they're asking anyway. Uh, there's no way I'm going to back that, but I kept my peace. Did take some notes, but I kept my peace. 
So, and yeah. um, I should point out this also that this was because for some people this is important to know. It was a Methodist church. Okay. So tonight we're basically going to go through uh, parts of that because, um, yeah, there's a there's a certain amount of uh, creep involved in this, and that that was that that was definitely a, a worthwhile item that uh, I, I think that we could probably go through at this point. Uh, before we get uh, before we you know uh, finish off over with the opening over here, uh, did want to mention and yes, you're you're. I, I was reminded that uh, Bobby C and Miss Ashley, the guys over at uh, No Religion Required, are continuing on in their podcasting. However, they've rolled back to uh, stopping No Religion Required by name, and they are continuing on with uh, Hope After Faith. I apologies. No, for that's that actually a nice sentiment. It, mm-hmm. it is. It is. And yeah, that uh, kind of mentality that there can be hope after faith. Well, that's it, that, the uh, the title of Jerry DeWitt's book, who is Bobby C's co-host on Hope After Faith. So that's where the the name comes from. Yep. So yes, uh, it was that was that was my fault for not mentioning that. Uh, um, and I I wish all all the luck in the world. And as an aside to all that, I did tell them on their show, anytime they want to come on. And and basically take over a half an hour block on the show, anytime, anytime, they have mm-hmm. they have a free and open seat, any week they want to come on and just just plop in. I got something to say. Okay, your thirty minutes starts now. Go, and and they can have. I hope they're. Uh, a, hey, if you guys are watching this, um, I hope they become aware of um, the subreddit on the Reddit website uh, called Atheist Haven. Because uh, atheist havens, uh, due to the fact that there's a lot of kids, young adults, who become atheists, and then everything's pulled out from underneath them. Their parents throw them out, things like that. So, yes. it w- that would kind of go hand in hand with hope after faith. You know, if mm-hmm. you have these people who are like being kicked by you know formerly loved ones, and they end up hearing hold of the show. You know that's a good resource for the show to basically kind of like bookmark. Oh, oh, you you're calling in because you need some a little bit of help after you know getting evicted by your parents or uncle, aunt, whatever. Well, here's this resource over here. Here's this resource over here. Oh, and by the way, um, depending on where you're living, you may want to check out Atheist Havens. Yeah, we've got a we've got a number of uh, we've got a number of phone numbers and such uh, at the. Uh, bottom of the show notes every week for everybody. So just in case, you know, check us out too to see if there's anything that we can help you with. And if it isn't there, let us know. We can see by adding it. If you're not sure, if you want to ask us, we can see what we can do. If we can't help you directly, we'll see what we can do about helping you get to somebody who can. Now, um, unfortunately, uh, Heretic Woman, we, well, we keep hearing the same story recycled for the yeah. last four months at this point about he's getting a pardon. He's getting a pardon. It's the same story copy and pasted every time over at yeah. this point. S O S D D same old shit. Different yeah. day. Yep. So yeah, nothing new that I've heard of. Yeah. So uh, unfortunately with no new news about Rafe Badawi, as of the recording of tonight's show, this is now five years, seven months, 
19 days since Rafe Badawi was unjustly incarcerated for thought crimes. Our hopes and our thoughts are still with you and your family, and we're still hoping for you, man. We're really, really still hoping. So, Rusty Chain has been opened. Uh, ha- ha- Tech, you, you tell me. How are you supposed to pronounce it in Yiddish without, like, throwing your tongue completely uh, out of whack? Lahayim? That's <laughs> one. Um, <laughs> wait a minute. Try two Lahayims. Three Lahayims, four. Something tells me this is going to be another night where it's going to be copy paste. Be- Actually, I think there's a little bit more bitter than the one last week. Add some uh, sugar to it. Uh, no Add sugar to it. Sugar. No, <laughs> no, because then I've got something that's got a bitter taste and, and a, a, a sugary taste and that's spilling all over my desk and nobody needs that today. <laughs> You but know better the, than that. This sugar should take away the bitter taste. That's what it does for coffee. Yeah, add, add you, some sweetness to it. Yeah. All right. Let's 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 try this. If you're at a bar and you get a bottle of beer, uh, how many people do you have to go through in order to get the you know the sugar packets in order to put it into your beer to make it uh, to make it palatable? Well, Stephanie says. Hops makes beer bitter, and they use three types in that beer. So. Yeah, but I, I'm not. I, I told you guys, I'm not a beer drinker. This is an experiment to find out: is there a beer that I do like, or at least from the four that are remaining? Yeah, that's right. There's only going to be four left. Yay! Go make. Now, what you should really be doing then is writing down the name and, and making, um, you know, make a model of the beer, so to speak, as it were, and uh, your impressions of it, the things that you remember. Things that you uh, like, things that you didn't like. Well, uh, I I put that out on Twitter last week, and uh, the uh, the answer to it was um, it's beer. Something tells me that's how this is going to be. Uh, oh, by the way, guys, next week I'm going to do the same thing as what I did this week. I will take a picture of the beer bottles that are left over. I will put it out there on Twitter, and you guys can go ahead and say this is what I would like you to do to try to this this week. And we'll kind of go from, you know what? Maybe I'll make it a, maybe I'll see about making a, a Twitter. I've never tried making a Twitter poll before. Maybe I'll try that. I don't know. We'll see. So anyway, excuse me. So <laughs> being a slave to God. Well, you know, um, the thing of it is most people who are in religion don't really see it that way. And we as people who were religious or got out of religion uh, kind of see it that way because, well, we're now outside that bubble when we were inside that bubble. And if there's one person that I want to uh, paraphrase from, it was Dallin, who not too very long ago went ahead and said that he had visited a Roman Catholic church and was freaked out by how robotic it was. Everybody stands. Everybody sits. Everybody stands. Everybody kneels. Everybody Uh sits. It's like... It's it's an exercise in conformity, which is why it makes my skin crawl. (laughs) Yeah. It does. Many rituals also have that sort of nature to it. 
Yeah, well, yeah, yeah there, there was that, but I mean, let's face it, Roman Catholic? Uh, uh, think, think of it this way. Just having a toast at an event, regardless of the nature of the event. No. I, I'm, people grab I'm their glasses, know. they raise their up, somebody says something nice. Here, here, attaboy, cheers. Yeah, but there's a, com- a drink. Yeah, but there's a completely different dynamic to it. It's a social, it's a social nicety as opposed to thou shalt do what we have told you to do, even if we speak it in Latin. Mm-hmm. Remember those days back when you know my my father-in-law was actually uh heavy in the church back in the day and he was very unhappy that they had switched from Latin to English. Uh, that, he that probably was wasn't the only one. Yeah, well, you know, that was that was. That I was just dead. remember that because, see, I was raised in the United Church of Canada, which is super liberal and no kneeling or any of that. And I remember the first time when I went to one of my cousin's communions in the Catholic Church. It was so weird. I was like 12 years old and I'm thinking... Why? What are these things down here at the bottom of the pew? And one of my aunts is like, "Oh, that's the kneeler." I'm like, "The what?" And so my other cousin, who was a little, this was back in the days of Cabbage Patch dolls. So the two of us sat on the kneelers and played with Cabbage Patch dolls because we we ended up. It was one of those uh, pews in behind the pillar. So we couldn't see anything anyway. So we were like, who cares? We're just going to sit here. And they let us away with it at the time. But besides, I, uh, I just, many, many of the kneelers are actually softer than the pews. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. And that's, that's on purpose. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. And let me tell you, that's uh, that's a freaky thing to realize when you're, you know, uh, just not quite into your teens like I did. That was um, that was kind of fun to start thinking about stuff. Um, it was let me comfortable to be on my knees. Uh, you know, okay, um, not exactly directly related to this, but let me let me let me give you a piece that uh, some people might find uh, mildly amusing, uh, and, and then realize just how freaking creepy it was. Uh, there was one time I was uh, I was I, I couldn't tell you how old I was. I was let's say ten. Just, just because arbitrary number right now, and I had gone to, uh, I had gone with my grandmother to one of the churches uh, out in Brooklyn. I, I don't remember which one it was. I don't remember why. Uh, it was in between services, and she was, if, if memory serves, she was praying for someone's health, well-being, uh, uh, which would not surprise me, and. Someone was up over there in, in, you know, back up in the loft playing whatever music it was they were playing on the organ. And it, it was very nice to me. And I, I really liked it. And I was listening and I thought it was worth clapping for as a little kid when, when they finished. And I didn't know any differently. So, you know, I thought, you're really good. You know, I was, I was playing music at the time. You know, I, I clapped a little bit and grabbed my hand. What? You don't do that? Why not? You you don't do that in a church. And I I couldn't for the life of me understand why. I mean, somebody was performing music for people and they're getting no 
gratitude for it of any kind? I mean, that was, that was the problem with the mentality right there. Yeah. You were thinking that the music was being performed for the people rather than for the God. Yeah. And it, it was one of those things where the devotion to the sanctity of the building, the reverence to the building was something I, I just did not understand as a little kid. And to this day, the only sanctity and reference that I would have for a church comes from the idea that you're not allowed to take somebody else's head off in a church because it's hollowed ground. The cloud is hollowed ground. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a reference that some people from 80s movies would actually understand. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure somebody somebody gets it. You, you please tell me, please tell me you get it, heretic woman. The way that you're, you, mm-hmm. you get, you get it. Good. I, I think I get the reference anyway. I, I sure as hell hope so. <laughs> but the idea that there are people who have devoted their lives to these endeavors, these churches—that's just annoying. And it's not just the Catholics, not by a long shot. I'll give you one good name to show just how slavic your devotion can be. Benny Hinn. Oh, jeez. You know what? I don't know who uh, I, I don't know where you guys want to start off with, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start off with. You don't know any better. You get your money taken from you, and what do you get in return? Um, a vial of a vial of uh, suspiciously odd liquid. liquid. Yeah, <laughs> tap water could be could be. Or or isn't he the one that sends you a magic piece of bread or some shit too? No, I don't. I don't. I don't even know yeah. at this point. It, it doesn't matter. You get something, and then they rope you in for more money and more money and more money and more money and, and yep. tech. You know. You know exactly what I'm talking about how much money you are expected to put in versus how much you're expecting to get back with these prosperity gospel people. Oh, yeah. So are, are you only putting the base 10% of your income to the church? Or have you gone beyond that to really f- spread the love of, your, of Christ by giving a, a, a higher 25%? Was that Jim Baker now listen, that did that? Now, 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 listen, if I really wanted to ramp up the bullshit, I'd end up sounding like a televangelist, and we'd probably get more viewers, but for the wrong reasons. So I'm not going there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. I mean, I, I've I've thought about it many a time over. Hmm. If I were to start my own religious sect out here, how much money could I pull in, and then how much paperwork would I have to do Dude, in order there's... to appraise the IRS? There's over 40,000 variations of Christianity. Help yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I thought about that. Although I, I have actually considered, you know, uh, uh, a satanic temple over here, that might not be such a bad idea. No. That'd be, that'd be kind of curious out here in the, you know, out here in the countryside where there's um, lots of nobody and somebody could just firebomb. Yeah, that might not be such a good yeah. idea. I've actually met a couple of humanists down here that are actually members of the satanic temple. Oh, thought neat. about it. Yeah, thought about it. <clears throat> I think I would it. actually vote for them for president. Yeah, I would. <laughs> Not just because they're satanic temple members. That that, that you, you you get all types in any kind of temple re- or religion or or whatever, but because they're part of the humanist group. 
Sure. And I can't say as I blame them. Um, the uh, Stephanie saying the satanic temple would be fun. Make it out of concrete. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't say that you're wrong. I can't say that you are wrong at all. Actually, you know what? You, uh, If you ever wanted to go ahead and make sure that your house was um, impervious to fire damage, you, you might want to go out and get as many disposable diapers as you can and then run the water pipe up to the roof so that the water splashes down and covers all of those things. And you try to have fire go through those once they're soaked full of water. I was going to say sandstone, but okay. Well, I I, I was thinking something more along the lines of, you know, probably cheaper. That's just me. To the environment, sandstone would be cheaper. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Again, details, detail, whatever the hell. All right. So we. um, I, I think what bothered me most about the whole thing what was the mentality that there's only two choices. You have to make one of the two and there's no leeway for anything else in between. Yeah. I've seen that before where they say, you know, well, you're either a slave to Satan or you're a slave to Christ. It's like, no, I choose neither because they both don't exist. Yeah. And, yeah. and their mentality, of course, automatically states, well, you haven't chosen Christ. So no matter what you choose after that, yeah. you're automatically a sinner going to hell. You will burn in hell. You're going to and, and it's, suffer. You, you, you serve Satan. You just don't realize it. <laughs> yeah. See, apparently they're mind readers and they're, they have precognitive abilities and yeah. You know, all these things that supposedly make them right and everybody else wrong. What I'd really like mm-hmm. to do is get a whole bunch of these guys and, and, and ladies in, in many cases who are on the extreme edge of their beliefs, you know, really, really, really out there and fanatical about it and give them all some swords and shields and like stick them in arena and post the damn thing on pay-per-view. You know, I just, uh, I, I just suddenly, uh, I just suddenly thought about something. You know how uh, this is not going to seem like it makes any kind of sense for a second here, but this is kind of tangentially related. You know, the old uh, the old expression, can God make a rock so big that even he can't lift it? Yeah. Assuming God's a key. Sure. I'm I'm using the I know. I know. I'm just being. All right. right. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. There is also another one that goes along with that, which is. Can God make another god that is also all-powerful? I think we have the answer. Because the answer is Satan. Well, Can, technically, if you look, read the Bible, Satan is more powerful than God. Which makes no sense whatsoever to me. Oh, I know. Whatsoever. But then yeah, again, well, God, Satan God killed was, less people than God. Oh, fewer, way less. Fewer. Way less. Fewer. And and yes, I'm pedantic today. Shut up. But God has some serious limitations, though. I mean, he he is completely stymied by iron chariots. That's right. That's right. And and the butthole. That too. Yeah, you know, there's um, and logic can't beat logic. 
mention that. Um, there's a there's a, a thing with that uh, anyway. But um, yeah, so if if God made all things, which includes all the angels, and Lucifer was the top angel. Ooh. Maybe the angels were actually done in in a in a Klingon fashion where you have to kill oh. the one ahead of you in order to take over. That means that Archangel Seems Michael. Sick. Well, I, I actually I was thinking, you know, in order to become uh in order to become captain of a ship, uh, a Klingon ship, you have to murder the captain that was already in, in front of you. Uh, yes. I know, just go with me on this for a second. Does that mean the Archangel Michael actually had to shaft ah. or shank Lucifer? Do you think maybe? I don't know, but then, but then there's like Lucifer and Satan are actually two different entities. Lucifer is the the snake in in the Garden of Eden, but that's not Satan. So I would say that Satan had to shank Lucifer in order to get the job. They're uh, they're not Satan, the same. They're Satan not the same. An alternate name for Lucifer. No, they're if you want to get super technical, they actually have different origins and they've become the same thing. But in the original ancient mythology, they were two different entities. Huh. Learned something new today. Beth, Beth, I learned something tonight. Beth can uh, elaborate more on that than I can. She's studied it more, but Yeah, well she she she's busy dealing with her with her with her cat and, and, and new computer and everything. So she, well, she, she hasn't got the new computer yet, but she, yeah, well, uh, yeah. she's no, no, doing the, no. the preps for that. Yeah, it's so well. She could, Beth, piss off too. Um, the, so the... Well, I have I have another uh, tidbit of trivia for you. Oh, go, go it, for it. Do you know what the word Islam actually means? Um, okay. I I think if I remember correctly, it means submission. Yes, very good. One yeah. for me. Yay! <laughs> so instead of saying S and M, you can say I am. <laughs> no, 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 let's let's see how well I remember this because you're the one who's doing the. Um, uh, you're you're the one who's doing the. It's called full Quranic people. You should check that out yes. on the web sometime when you get the opportunity because she's not doing enough as it is. Um, yeah, well. if, if memory serves, um, isn't it in reference to submission to the will of Allah? Yep. If I remember correctly. Okay. Yep. So and, and Allah likes to go on and on in his lovely book about how you really want to be his slave or bad shit's going to happen to you. That's right. Uh, and uh, Felix is over here. The first church of tribbles. I like it. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> technically the, the, uh, you're going to love this. I, I have to put this on a business card. One of these days, I need new business cards with this one. I, I, the title that I have for myself is, Diplomatic attaché to the military dictatorship of Tribbledom. That's me. <laughs> nice. Trouble is, I don't know how I'd be able to get a, a business card long enough to fit that on. So just whatever I'm kind Word of wrap. On there. What was that? Word wrap. They'd have to flip the card over. I say hip hop, the hippie, the hippie. Di-. All right. So the uh, back on tr- back on track. 
being a slave to your church, the easy one is uh-huh. to Jesus. Well, it could be to Jesus, but it could be to God. It could be to Mary if you're Roman Catholic, because the best way to get to the son is through his mom, right? Come on, yes. you know you know that's exactly how the Roman Catholics do it. I can get away with saying that. I was Roman Catholic once. RC now for me stands for recovering Catholic. Thank you. Yeah. Uh so one like we, you know, e- even though we joked about it, the very first thing of the whole damn thing really is the money. It really, really is. Because as much as um as the, the I really have a hard time talking about it because it truly, honest and truly, this is no lie, this is no alcohol talking, disgusts me. The prosperity gospel part. Oh, and it comes yeah. up in every damned aspect. Even if it's not, well, if you give your money to the church, God will get you back money. Even if they don't say that, it's some kind of payback. Could be money mm-hmm. later. It could be that your bills will be taken care of you might win the bingo lottery horse race the OTB whatever the f- it could be yeah. that uh it could be that um uh well it, it could just be that you'll you'll get out of uh you'll get out of purgatory quicker thanks um catholic church really appreciate that one you know nice because um that one goes along with children that are stillborn who are stuck in purgatory because they don't have anything on their ledger yet. So, you know, if, if you pray, you can get them out. And that always seems so stupid to me. It's like, Oh, cause if you, if you believe the, the mythology, God is the one that decided the baby is going to die, you know, at birth or before it's, you know, stillborn, whatever. And he knows, based on the rules that he created, that that means that that entity is going to float around in purgatory for who knows how long. And he thinks that's just A-OK. So, like, that's just... uh, And it's like, in the Quran, I've been reading that Allah only helps the people on the, quote, right path that he likes. So if he doesn't like you for whatever reason, he will deliberately make it so that you can't change your mind. Hmm. Jeez. Where have I heard that one before? Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Pharaoh, Egypt. Yep. Nice. Oh, he tells that story. I've, I've read the same story at least three times now. What the, 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 the Pharaoh, the, the Exodus mm-hmm. and, really and Moses and Moses and lot it's, well, it's like total yeah. plagiarism. Well, yeah, yeah, gotta. But kinda yeah, be... the the Pharaoh story is a favorite, and I've heard it at least three times now, and twice in the last show. <laughs> Two different chapters, although in the second time around, last time, uh, the stat, you know, the whole story with the the Pharaoh's wizards and the staves that turn into snake. Yeah, the first time in the first chapter, it's the same, you know, they throw their staves and they turn into snakes and then wrote, Moses throws his and it's a bigger snake and it eats all the other snakes. And the second time, and this is just the very next chapter, it's, oh, well, no, the wizards, when they threw their staves, it turned into demons. 
Uh, that's um, new. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's a new one. Um, yeah. Interesting take. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm, you see, all of, all of, believe it or not, even when I was, uh, even when I was a kid and I bought into this stuff, I always kind of wondered what, um, how, how would somebody actually be able to do practical, uh, a practical illusion like that? To turn a staff into a snake. Yeah, yeah. Because the only thing that comes to mind would be if it, if the snake was already in there all the time and you just pissed him off and you basically just took the end of your hollowed out staff yeah. where the, the snake was inside of it and bang and it, it slid out. That's the only thing I could Yeah. Think or you're keeping snakes in your pants. <laughs> what you've got going on on your weekends is your business entirely. What I do on co- what I do on convention weekends stays a convention weekends. Okay. Yeah. That's that's all that's all I'm going with. Anyway, um, oh shit! And and tripping. Wonder if they get the stabs mixed up. It's yeah. stab with a V. I may have alcohol in me, but I can still spell. He could be talking about their personal staff. I don't care. Personnel. You know what? Like mixed up. Get their wizards mixed I up. It. I get it. I'm just saying. I can turn my snake into a staff just by looking at a pretty girl. Uh, I knew that was coming. I don't need magic to do that. Ooh, <laughs> well, some it's might, magic. Some, some might say it's magic. I don't know. Those of us that don't have staves might find it magical. Bow chicka wow wow. Bow chicka wow. Okay, so the song <laughs> Cramming for College comes to mind. Thanks ever so much. <laughs> <laughs> I got you just in time. Perfect. There we go. So. Stephanie says, I would, t- I was told you could make a snake stiff and when you release it, it would become active. Yeah. See, uh, I, I kind of know about that kind of thing to it, to a certain degree, but usually that involves finding a way of slowing its metabolism, which would mean um, making it cold. The only easy way of doing that, that I could think of at the time would be to immerse it in cold water. Well, yeah, you tell me where there's going to be ice cubes in in uh, in uh, ancient Upper Egypt. Go ahead, Tech. Go ahead. I'll, I'll wait. Good. I'll wait. I'll wait. Cold hands. Yeah, right. That's not. You see, that's. <laughs> so yeah, the seriously, the only the only way that I could think of would be you know, uh, the the Nile would be the mm. only thing that would be even close, and even then. I don't think that you'd had exactly have a walking stick, so to speak. So, well, I mean, what what else would you call it? You might have stroked it the right way. <sighs> so, anyway, uh, in cellars, um, Stephanie's saying, you know, it gets cold in cellars. Uh, it also gets cold in the desert mm-hmm. at night. It well, yeah, yeah, it does. But I mean, you know, you've also got. Burr. Yeah, well, true, true. But of course, the the problem becomes that. Actually, you know what? The problem becomes that we get sidetracked. So uh, we're, we're just going to leave this completely aside at this point because that's completely beside the point. Well, she's I, now, you know now she just said, "How about those stone temples?" <laughs> you know what? I don't. I don't listen to them. Anything from the nineties, I don't bother listening to. It doesn't. I really was thinking matter. Mormon church, Mormon temples, but you know. Yeah, there there is that. With the magic we'll, we'll leave- underwear. 
and the and the submarines, right? I, I understand. Actually, See, the, now if can, you're wearing magic underwear, that would make sense. You might be able to turn it into a, a snake eating snake. What happens if you're wearing the magic underwear on a yellow submarine? Ooh. What do you wear on laundry day then? <laughs> I'm just. I mean, do they have speedo? Uh, do they have to be dry cleaned? I mean, do, do you get a spare set? I don't know. Well, you, you know, can get I, a I spare set if you want. Somewhere. Yeah, no, that's when Joseph Smith lends you his flaming sword. <laughs> is that what they call it? Okay, yep. this is this is about right, a while. I'm I'm gonna go completely with uh, blaming the alcohol on this one, but uh, yeah, Joseph Smith and the flaming. Why does it hurt when? No, I'm I really shouldn't do this. <laughs> Some people get that. Some people need to go ahead and check out some various music from the uh, 70s. Yeah, that was 70s. I forget what year. But um, this is what happens when you're a DJ. Yay, you remember this shit. Um, With the wig, you remind me of Susan. I know that one. I know that one. But I I can actually, uh, we can can actually use this. When, when When you pledge yourself, and you devote yourself to a religious affiliation. You kind of have to buy into this stuff that makes no sense outside of the literature that is the holy the holy books. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be it, it would be absolutely insane to think that a group of um, how how many was it that that was supposed to be part of the Exodus? Two million? Three million? No, uh, more like six hundred thousand, I think. Okay, okay. Let, let's. Oh, for the Mormons? No, no, no. For, yeah. uh, for the for the uh, uh, the Israelites. Israelites from Egypt. Don't know. Okay. Well, you know what? We'll go with half a mil. We'll, we'll just 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 for argument's sake, just just for a couple moments. Half a million people walking. From Egypt to wherever it is that they're supposed to settle to, which conveniently enough turns out to be um, Israel. According to Google Maps, walking, walking time should be less than a week. Yep. Give or take. They got lost. Yeah. Put it this way. I I did a, a bit for Beyond the Trailer Park about this uh, a year or so ago. And if you were to take, so by the time they left, so, and, and Stephanie makes a good point, the 600,000 figure was just the ma- males. It didn't, so it, it, we're looking at like 1.2 million people-ish, plus all their livestock. Okay, so, so it even if they formed the line like 10 people wide, it the line that would create of people would be longer than the length of the Sinai Peninsula that they would have been lost in. So even if they just walked straight ahead, they, they, they couldn't have even fit all of them all in a line. And let's uh, let's let's be fair about this a second. I'm I'm probably going to end up dis- disgusting some people, and you know what? Uh, tough. Got to deal with the reality. 
How much poo? Oh, good grief, yeah. Think about that. How much poo? Piles of it. Especially when everybody poos. Everybody poos. So we're looking at around 1.2 million people. Plus, every family is going to have a couple of goats and maybe a cow and a, a donkey, maybe. So we're looking at, you know, anywhere from, from two to ten animals per family to go on top of that. So let's say that's like 10 million animals on, on the the uh, liberal side. <laughs> so t- two uh, or 1.2 million people and, and somewhere be- between say five to 10 million animals walking in a line. There would be poo everywhere. <laughs> yep. There would be poo and there would be pee. And then uh, the folks that are further, further down from the front, those who were not in the front, uh, I believe the term that we're looking for is dysentery, which means even more and more and more. Yeah, people the people at the end too. of the line. And, and keep in mind, the people at the end of the line would have been sitting there for so long because the people at the beginning of the line would have already been at the destination ages ago. Well, at least they wouldn't have gotten lost. They could have just followed the trail. Yeah, that's tr- true. Follow the brown brick road. Oh. <laughs> well, and, uh, t- and yeah. if if you've got forty years and one point two million people, you know people don't not you know there would have been old people that wouldn't live forty years, or people get sick. So, what do you do with the bodies? <laughs> yeah, even better. The bodies hit the floor. Well, it gets even better than that. You also eat let's, them. let's say that they've got some cattle. Yeah, let's yeah, say yeah. That they've got a cow and a cow, man. Well, actually, wait a second. We've got to think about this because we're going to need. At, all right. Let's, let's say conservatively a cow, a sheep or a goat or, or a goat, which means that you need to uh, you need to procreate the animals. And you are also going to need to feed them. That's a that's a problem because that's uh, that's that's an agricultural problem. You need to be able to feed your animals, which means you need to put down um, plant crops for. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Um, there there is a, is a big problem because uh, what what have you got to feed them with? Because sure as shit. Um, uh, forgive me on that one. Uh, you're not going to be taking 40 years worth of straw for them to eat. Um, yeah, sure good point. Most, most people and, would not. And the, the Bible only talks about them getting manna. And uh, I think they he threw like quails or something from the sky at one point. Quail? Oh, when they were tired of manna and they wanted meat. Yeah, so he sent them some dead birds at one point. But non-stop. Yeah, so her their ways. So yeah, I mean the manna maybe it doesn't rot the same way, but I'm pretty sure dead birds do. (laughs) But your animals, you can't feed manna or dead birds to say a goat. Well, it might try and eat it, but you can't feed that to a cow or a donkey or so. Yeah, unless there was. Unless there was, you know, grain falling from the sky or 
some veg, you know, vegetation for them to eat. What the hell did their animals eat for all this time? It's a desert. And yep. I don't think they would appreciate being fed cacti. <laughs> uh, memory serves cacti are indigenous only to the Americas. Oh, so nothing grows in the Middle Eastern but desert? Things grow in deserts. You just... Okay. I yeah, think not in large something. quantities. Yeah. For the so, most part. So, I mean, you, you could probably go, you know, a day without seeing a shrub. Probably so. Um, and if your name is and if your name is Moses, chances are it's burning anyway. <laughs> or it, it's burning, but it's not. It's sterno. That's that's what the yeah. plant is. So the the thing of it is, um, the the reason why we're kind of bringing this all up, and it, it I mean, um, Trippin is getting a little bit uh, concerned and saying, "Oh hell, here come the arc figures." There's, I'm I'm not going to have to go there. Because I think we've kind of proved our point. If you buy into one of the Abrahamic religions, you have to buy into this absolutely, completely unsupportable proposition that just on its face, with just a little bit of thought, absolutely, purely cannot work. Simply can't. Let me... uh... Let me disagree with you. You don't okay. have to buy into it. Well, you ideally the religion wants you to. Okay. I see religions as an organic creature. It's trying to propagate itself. So it's doing everything it can to make more believers. A good religion will do that. Not good for people, but good for itself. But here's the thing. I have met quite a few people who see the Bible as merely as a, I, I, I'm picking on the Bible specifically because around here, you're more likely to walk into a Christian slash Catholic uh, Methodist, so on and so forth, rather than a Muslim or a Jew. Um, anyway, the, uh, the point I was making was, is that they see uh, their religious holy text as, Stories, not absolute truths, but stories designed to inspire and to teach rather than to be considered this is an absolute fact. So you'll find both types, the ones who believe that the earth is only 6,000 years old, that, you know, a she-bear mauled a whole bunch of kids just because the kids made fun of some guy who was bald. Yep. You know, that um, a donkey could talk, you know, had the proper vocal cords and everything to vocalize or, you know, God, God magic did it. Um, and then you have other people who go, Oh yeah. Um, you know, Jesus was mad at the fig tree. The fig tree was a, an, an, an analogy for the, uh, religious leaders in the various churches and you know, they were supposed to be growing their fruit and they weren't, you know, that sort of thing. I've actually met people who have explained it to, that way to me, which is interesting because, you know, in the Bible, technically people aren't supposed to be telling me how to interpret the Bible. The Bible is supposed to tell me how to interpret the Bible. Yeah, okay, great. 
Yeah, that's 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 another piece entirely that pisses me <laughs> off. Okay, it's allegory. No, it's literal. Okay, which is which? Well, how do you know the difference? Make well, up obviously. your freaking mind. Yeah. Well, exactly. obviously you can tell because this one isn't reality, and and this one couldn't possibly be. So since it's not hey, possible, I've actually real. told, I've actually challenged people who have said, oh, you know, some parts are the literal truth, some parts are analogies some parts are just stories and it's like great how about you write your own bible and point these out these key th facts that you're telling me so that other people can benefit from them nope still haven't seen one do it yet yeah wow. that's a whole other thing and uh tripping um no not not no i'm not saying that one on air <laughs> i'm not saying that one on air <laughs> can you give a hint because i don't have that open uh I will uh, I will simply copy and paste that into our chat over here and there you go that's what he that's that's what Trippin said. <laughs> Congratulations Trippin you got him to snort. Well done. <laughs> I have got to tell that one to my friend. Good luck. Yes. The, well, like I said, my friend thinks that the Bible was designed uh, to inspire um, good deeds and good thoughts and things like that. And um, they see God as a teacher, not as a somebody who is in a, 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 like a master of them the way it would be if you were a slave to them. Okay, but more like Magneto from X uh, from the uh, X Men movie. Do you fear God? I find it odd because I always saw God as a teacher. Yeah. I, I think I screwed up the line, but you get the idea. Uh, this yeah. person, this friend of mine, sees God as a teacher. That the Bible is designed to teach and to inspire, not necessarily the actual words of God, because it was written. By man and man is fallible. Right. Yeah, In other terrible. words, this person is balancing rationality and belief. Yeah, to be fair, uh the the Bible does have its it does have its lovely moments. It does have some beautiful passages. It does have some inspirational messages. But as the expression goes. Even a broken clock is right twice a day, yep. even if it's on a VCR. I, I've I've found books inspiring, like Everybody Poops. Sure, and Go the to Sleep. Yeah, both very inspiring books. Yep. Heck, if you really want to feel a movement, eat a prune. I. <laughs> And uh, but here's something else that I noticed uh, while they were doing all these lovely things about being slaves to God. Um, I noticed I, something that I never noticed before when I was a theist, and I paid a lot more attention to the music. Not so much the words. I knew the words. I, uh, like I said, you know, I, I used to be a born again Christian, so I ended up going to church, doing a lot of singing and all that other fun stuff, especially when you do 12 years of choir and like five, six years of musical instruments. So 
Yeah, that um, castrati training really came in handy for you later, I can tell. <laughs> uh, I've got a new knife. I'm gonna try it out on you later. You anyway, can, you, um, you can try it. by the no, way, there's a there's no, a that, way, that way you can get the, that way you can get the high notes. Yes, there there are about a half dozen musicians who are gonna listen to this afterwards and go, ooh, ooh, oh no. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Well, anyway, you know, we'll see how, how sharp it is. Get that close shave going on. Uh, by the way, I'm a practicing moil. No, um, yeah. See, I, don't like, I don't like those that practice as a moil. I would much rather have somebody do it right. More importantly, I would, pro- I would, I would much prefer that somebody not bother at all. But, you know, that, yeah. that's just me. Anyway, going My on. My services going. are free, and you can actually keep your own tip. Anyway. Um, ah. So the thing, that all the joking aside... No, I, I still got. I still got one more. I still got one more. Um, Go ahead. Pr- so, practicing moils. Uh, do they do they also work in in kitchens? Because I'm wondering if the calamari goes along with that in in the. In, I, I'm just, Only if you get a chewy one. I've I've, I've, had, I've, I've had I have had chewy yeah. calamari. That, that's the one that's been overcooked. I'm anyway. sorry. Go go on. Go on. Go on. Before I <laughs> before I make this even worse. <laughs> and I could. I could. So what I noticed was. Is I, I I basically had my mind it let the words just kind of flow over me, ignore them, whatever phrasing you want to use. No, I got you. I got you. And I paid specific attention to the notes being played on the piano and um, their tone and their uh, volume. And I noticed that leading up to certain things, like for example, uh, when they did the collections, leading up to the collections, everything was low key. It was um, almost depressing. But upon finishing the donations, the music suddenly became very uplifting and if you if you're the type of person who can listen to different music, regardless of what the message of the words are, you pay attention to the instrumental section only and can feel inspired by music. Okay, if you music affects you, doesn't affect my brother-in-law. He's tone deaf, but my yeah. sister and I, we both have musical ears. Music is, and we enjoy music. On top of that. We are both very heavily influenced by music. Okay. The things, the music they played after, after, uh, when they did the bless, uh, blessing of the donations and everything else, the tithing, whatever you want to call it, was extremely uplifting and designed to make you feel good. Just like when uh, they were doing. Um, the music about, you know, if you're not a uh, slave to God, you're a slave to sin. And, oh, the the vocal intonations and the little bit of music in the background, everything was bringing you down. But the concept of being the slave to God, everything was brought back up again. They're really playing with your emotions using uh, various uh, speaking techniques and uh, public speaking techniques and the music itself. Um, I challenge anybody who goes to church regularly uh, to try to ignore 
all the words being spoken and just focus on what's going on right now. What, what section are we on in the sermon here and so on and so forth in, in today's service? And what is the effect is the music currently having on me at this time? Think of it as a, an experiment. Okay. Because whenever they were trying to get people to be convinced that they were being filled with the Holy Spirit, the music was extremely uplifting. The vocal intonations, yeah. inflections were very uplifting. And um, yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a way to, it's, it's manipulation through yeah. auditory channels. Well, it's like um, they use different types of music in stores to entice yeah. you to buy things when you're in a certain and apparently even in a grocery store they'll play a certain type of music in the produce section and a different type of music in the freezer section and and that sort of thing to get you to buy stuff well i did many years in food service and one of the things ah. that was common in food service was uh very there there's people please listen to me very carefully when i say this in food service overall, so meaning all the various franchises and so on and so forth, billions with a B as in Bravo have been spent analyzing the impact of colors on human appetite, both in adults wow. and in children. Okay. Yep. I know this to be fact. By having been in, uh, I, I used to work for Burger King. I will admit this. Uh, and I started out by throwing out garbage. And I worked right. my way up all the way to managing. Okay. I got to the store management level. And that's when the training really kicked in about particular colors, what the studies were done, what the results were done, who the studies were by, and so on and so forth. And because of that, how the company has changed its interior designs over the years, you'll see it in also things like places like Wendy's and McDonald's. Once you know what to look for, it's creepy. And it's the same thing with religion. Okay. This really ties in. Um, there is a website uh, called Common Man's Bible Journey, and it's actually a WordPress site. It's kind of interesting. Um, it, the the reason why I pulled it up is because there is a passage in Matthew 24, uh, 4 through 8, about don't let anyone deceive you, okay? And the passage is, you know, it's the four verses long, it's, it's so it's not very long. But the rest of this page is just text upon text upon text upon text about how you won't know you're being deceived until you're no longer being deceived. Uh, you can't, um, you, you, you can't uh, basically avoid being deceived unless you take this person's word for it of don't take your word for it, study it for yourself kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, you know, that deception takes many forms. It's like, yeah, look at religion. Okay. Um, this music 
Okay, these colors in the food industry, the music in, in the food industry or even in the grocery industry, they're all designed to, for manipulation, another form of deception, if you will. Yeah, this and uh, if you go into one of these environments knowing that that manipulation is happening, that you are familiar with the techniques, you know what to look for now, now that you have been made aware of what's been going on, I dare you to go into a church, your own, somebody else's. If you're not comfortable performing this in your own church, go visit another church. Just say, hey. Just looking around, you know, one of your friends told you to, uh, you know, one of your coworkers said to drop on by because you have interesting sermons. So I'm just here to observe, you know, if you don't, if you're uh, upset about, you know, donation, whatever, just think of it as this way. You're doing an experiment, a scientific experiment on yourself and on the church uh, that you're visiting, you know, and don't pay attention to the words so much as the inflections of the voice, the tones in the voice, the music. Is it being uplifting? Is it being calming? Is it being kind of agitating a little bit? You know, what are your feelings as you listen to this stuff? And I think that you would be very surprised with what you come to learn from this. Don't take my word for it. Try it yourself. Now, there's two pieces about this I want to hit. Uh, Item number one, as far as to the whole how can you play music in different areas of any any place, uh, I found out about this. Well, generally speaking, you would expect that you would hear the same, the same whatever musical auditory whatever in in a in a grocery store, for instance, pretty much everywhere. Just Omnidirectional speakers, because you know that's pretty much it. But there was there was something that I saw at the Rochester Museum of Science and Play, I think is what it's called, where you can have a a directed speaker, mm-hmm. and it's a very simple yep. thing to do. It's the same way that you would have a a, a satellite dish. You have a a speaker. Pointed speaker. Up. <laughs> no, a speaker pointed up to a, uh, a a plexiglass, for lack of a better way of putting it, bowl, and it directs the sound straight down from itself. Yes, it spreads out a little bit because you know air pressure. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got a Beekman moment in my air pressure. <laughs> uh, yeah, Rizzo, I'm uh, I'm sorry. He he died many years ago at this point, but um, but you can get the sound to just come straight down. So you could literally have a single aisle that has one sound, one one radio station, for lack of a better way of putting it, that feeds the entire aisle. A dead zone as you come around, and then a completely different audio track the next aisle down. Yep. It's doable, very, very doable. The the hardest part about it would be just to figure out which row was going to be performing whatever whatever incentive for you. So you know, yeah. keep that in mind. Uh, it, it, 
there was another piece that I was going to make reference to at this point, and I don't remember what it was now. But um, yeah, uh, mu- okay, music in in the church, especially in the Roman Catholic Church, the big Holy See, through the Renaissance, they were the biggest patron of the arts. Is it any surprise that they have some of the most emotion? Okay, I'm going I'm to use this terminology emotionally manipulative art. Now I'm, I'm using that terminology because as I've said on many an occasion, the purpose of any art is to evoke an emotional response from the consumer. Could be a viewer, could be a listener, could be a reader, whatever. Is it any surprise that the church absolutely had that is one of its big things that it spent some money on and they had all the money to spend once upon a time ago. So, you know, that doesn't totally surprise me. And th- thinking about it all these years later, you know, I'd never really put two and two together like that tech. And, and here's the thing, uh, you know, I, I know the site that I reference the, the common man's Bible journey uh, site is a religious site enticing people to, you know, be true to the faith and everything else. But there, the, the phrase that was in there, you know, don't take my word for it, you know, go do it, you know, study it yourself. That's, that's a skeptical statement. Okay. Yes, it is not a faith-based statement there. That's skepticism right there. And when you go into a faith-based environment with, skepticism you start to see the things that faith has been blinding you to okay um you know i saw one of the things that the um religious leader in the uh, uh, church was saying is that um you know all basically that life is slave to God. Where will we be without being slaves to God? Because, you know, look at sled dogs and I will be, um, let's, let's get this clear real quick. This guy has no idea how evolution works because his concept was, is that um, the sled dogs were evolved or created by God to be happy, to be slaves to man to pull the sleds. That's when they're at their happiest. And that's because that's how they were created. Hi. Um, No. Dogs as we know them today through selective evolution created, you know, specifically by man uh, made dogs from Basically, it caused the evolution of, of wolves into the dogs that we know them today. And then through selective breeding, once again, controlled by man, not a god. Uh, otherwise, man wouldn't have to do anything. Uh, have created some really weird dogs. Some that wouldn't even survive on their own if they were uh, born outside of captivity. In nature themselves. They're just, they're not... Um, Mother Nature would rip them apart. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm specifically thinking of Chihuahuas, but then again, if you get a, uh, mm-hmm. if you get a very large number of Chihuahua, they could. I mean, they're kind of like piranha. You know, <laughs> they're, they're small, but you, you get enough of them together. 
I, but the I point step is, back is that, for a minute and we're into Chihuahua piranhas. It, it, okay. it's, 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 but, but the point is, is that, um, you know, he said it with such veracity, such gusto, his inflections in his statements that you could see the people. Well, I could see the people, you know, really taking in his words and believing what he's saying to be fact. And it's how he's delivering his lines. Um, it, it, it was just... <sighs> the guy says basically whatever he wants, and he delivers it with the backing of the emotional manipulation to get people to take him at his word rather than having that basically the skepticism, which is in the Bible, you know, don't basically don't let these other people, you know, change you because you're they're you're younger than them, you know, or because your beliefs are the way they are, you know, do it because the Bible says so. And here they are listening to somebody else instead of their own book. And we've said this numerous times on this show. There are so many people out there who claim to be Christians or Jews or Muslims or whatever. And they have no concept of what goes on in their own holy texts. You know, they don't. They, they really yeah. don't. And I, I've encountered that a lot with Islam, too. And, and actually, it's worse because a lot of Muslims will memorize the Quran completely in Arabic. But the most populous Muslim nations are not in, in, they're not Arabian, so they don't speak Arabic. So they can recite the entire Quran and they have no idea what the hell they've just said. It's the same way as if, uh, well, once upon a time when you learned the Bible, but you memorized the passages that were taught to Latin. you in Latin, exactly. But yep. again, they were taught to you. Yes. Not that anybody really follows Latin anymore. You can, yeah, it's a, it's a root for a lot of stuff, but even so somehow I don't well, think that. Yeah. That's because the clergy want, wanted to control what was in there or what the people knew. So that's why people don't know that Ezekiel 2320 exists because they, they might go to church twice a week and Sunday school, even for adults and, and all of that, but they're only studying what someone else is telling them is there. They're not reading it for themselves and going, whoa, donkeys? What the hell? <laughs> you know, they're they're just they're they're absorbing what they're being told is important and they don't look outside that because they're taught to trust that the clergy is going to tell you everything you need to know. So they don't bother picking it up to read, you know, they'll read it, but they'll read the parts that they've been told to study. They're not going to sit there and read it cover to cover and find out what did did you know that there are instructions in the quran that are only for muhammad um the the fellow we had on the show last week apostate prophet who's an ex-mormon he said one of the verses because he actually read the quran as opposed to just studying bits he said one of the verses that really kind of turned him 
on the path to atheism, there's a verse in the Quran. I haven't got to it yet in my reading, but apparently it tells um, guests who have been invited over to Muhammad's place to um, don't overstay your welcome. And basically once you've been fed, bugger off and leave the poor guy alone because he's too shy to tell you to piss off. And if you're there, by the way, don't talk to his wives unless they're behind a screen. And you know what? You're not allowed to marry his wives after he dies either. You know, this is one of the reasons why I have respect for my friend. Um, yes. They have been, have read several different uh, publications of the Bible. Um, they have gone to different churches. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, they, they attend um, a weekly uh, Bible study. Mm-hmm. Where they actually not just sit there and all try to agree on one thing, but uh, an actual open discussion one where people don't get in trouble for asking questions, where people don't get in trouble for yeah. not having these same exact thoughts. So there's actually some actual conversation going on there. Well, that's good. And, right. And this person does a lot of introspection, a lot of, um, questions uh like i said this person does has i don't think they truly realize exactly how much of their i don't know personality their mentality regarding their religion um just how much of a skeptic they really are and this is not something i'm going to try to influence whatever comes of it will will you know, they'll get there through their own means. Um, I will continue to support our friendship and um, I will cons- continue to support my friend because that's what I do. You know, I support my friends. Um, even if I think, regardless of what I think, doesn't matter. They're my friends. And... Um, It's going to be interesting to see where this actually goes. And I actually am looking forward to um, spending more quality time with this person to see what the journey's like. Not so much to figure out what, the, what comes of the destination, but what happens along the way. You know, religion is all focused. Uh, well, many of them are focused on the end result. Do this, 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 this. And at the end result, it's going to be glorious. And I find that a lot of people who are religious, specifically following an organized religion, like one of the Abrahamic religions and so on and so forth, spend their lives living for the day they die. Yeah. Rather than living for the day. That's right. And even though this friend of mine is religious and does worry about the end of life. They also enjoy the day. So it's, it's one of those ones. uh, This person is one of those types of people that we talk about who, you know, they're not 
one of the ones who goes out and votes for somebody just because somebody says that they're of this faith. They actually go out and they look at voting history. Does this person, you know, pay attention to the things that are important to me um, and the things that I feel um, this person actually lives a little, a, a, a bit like a Christian in that when they meet strangers, they're nice to strangers. They don't, um, automatically assume that they're better than that person um, or that that person's worse than them just because that person doesn't have their faith. If that were the case, that this friend of mine would have never become my friend because I'm definitely not of the faith. Um, and I have my anti-theistic moments too, where I will look at something and go, you know, it's a free country. I'll fight to defend people's freedoms, but damn, if that doesn't make me want to get rid of religion in this country. You know, and my friends seen a couple of those moments come out of me and we've had a very, um, good discussions about them. In my opinion, we, we've, we've had discussions of what happened, what occurred, um, how it affects other people's lives those sorts of things. So this is somebody that um, you can actually sit down and have open talk with kind of like um, how Seth Andrews has religious people that he's talked to. He talked to that one priest at one time, I believe it was, he did an interview with and on the thinking atheist show and it's hey, Seth. You got a great show. Love it, man. Anyway. Um, and at the end they agreed to disagree, but they they did it in a way that was truly respectful of each other. Again, this is why this friend of mine is a friend because they show other people respect and kindness and caring, you know, the way quote unquote Christians are supposed to, but I don't see a lot of Christians doing. Yeah. There's, there's one person that we can, uh, many of us, uh, not all of us. And, and, and you'll see why in a second, uh, can agree if if more Christians behaved and taught like one particular religious teacher, we would have far fewer problems with the religious types. Fred Rogers. Oh yes, heck yes. Now uh, we 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 briefly mentioned about this one uh, b- before the show, and and heretic woman when she grew up in in uh, Canada, you know, it, Fred Rogers was not a thing. You were I knew were who saying. he was. Yeah, I knew who he was, but we didn't have access to regularly watch the show, so okay. it was not part of my growing up really. Okay, uh, he, he's one of the people. If I could go back in time and actually meet, I would feel that it would not be a wasted trip. Oh, absolutely. Um, Fred. <laughs> and I would take my son with me. Yeah. Um, Fred Rogers has a very special place in my heart. <clears throat> Mr. Rogers. Fred Rogers. Fred McFeely Rogers was his actual name. That was his real name. He was an ordained minister. But for 40 years, he taught, he taught, who only knows how many kids, how to be nice to each other, how to handle sadness and disappointment and stress, 
how to understand what other people are like people who have different skin types, who have different talents, who have different jobs taught them to be accepting of people and to try to see past the differences and to understand that we are all neighbors. And he's, he's one of the good guys to give you mm-hmm. an idea as to how much he loved his fellow man for a number of years. He intentionally kept his weight at 143 pounds. Very specifically, 143 pounds, because that was the same as the number of letters in the expression, I love you. That was his thing. He, it, it, it is, it is hard for anyone to think anything bad or even poor about him. He was one of the good guys. And never once in all of those years that he was on TV, did he invoke or even need to any of his religious background. All it was, was love yourself. You're a good person. Love the people around you because they're good people too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if we had more people like that, it would go so far towards all of us, you know, saying, okay, yeah, we disagree, but your heart's in the right place. You're doing good by people. I can give you a pass on a couple of things and we can work on that. But you know, you're, 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 you're combating world suck to, to borrow from somebody else's expression. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a good guy. And uh, Felix, was he a minister at one time? Yeah, he was, he was an ordained minister and yeah, he came on the PBS scene in Pittsburgh in 1968. And he was on through the early nineties, if I remember correctly. Yeah, for a long, long time. I mean, he he didn't wasn't very long after he retired that he passed. Yeah. If you want an example of Mr. Rogers' character, I have posted a, a YouTube link in the chat window that we can put into the show notes. And the 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 link leads to uh, just one of many copies, uh, because there are so many channels on YouTube channels that have this a copy of this video. And the video is six, uh, just shy of seven minutes long, where Mr. Rogers, I, I know you like to call him Fred Rogers. I will always remember him as Mr. Rogers. Oh. Mr. Rogers sat in a U.S. Senate Commerce Committee hearing. Yes, in 1969, May 1st requesting that the funds to support the growth of the national public television not be reduced to $10 million. Okay. It it was running the risk of PBS was running the risk of getting its funding cut down to 10 mil, which would have reduced the amount of programming and the quality of the programming that it was able to carry and give to the public the entire public of the United States of America, 
those to, that had at least uh, a television with the proper rabbit ears anyway. And um, the committee is actually hostile towards him at first. But the way he talks to them, the way he explains everything, his calm demeanor, his respect, the way he lays things out, but does not demean anybody during the explanation. Okay. This was Mr. Rogers trademark way of living his life and interacting with the people around him. He felt that the most, one of the, he, he was commonly shown to have uh, demonstrate that he cared about children that it was important that they know how to read. It was important that they know that they were fine being who they were to accept themselves the way, just the way they are and to become educated, not only a little bit of book learning here and there, but about the world around them. He, his shows would talk about different things going on. To children in a way that they wanted to continue to learn. You you want to tell me about somebody who is a, a, a theist who truly cares about the children? Mr. Rogers was one of them. And if I saw the people in this country as well as in other countries having their faith guide them to have that mentality then I think a lot of my anti-theistic moments would go poof and be gone. Yeah, he was, uh, he was really one of the good ones. Uh, that's kind of why the say, last, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, my only criticism is he didn't have a tickle trunk. <laughs> that, that's a total Canadian reference. <laughs> I'm very much hoping so. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Dress-Up fans, people. Mr. Dress-Up. <laughs> perfectly fine. Uh, there, there's, a, there's a meme that's gone around, by the way, that said, uh, be the man that Mr. Rogers always knew that you could be. And then the mm. question follows up with that of Fred or Steve? Yeah. And the answer to that is yes. Mm-hmm. Which kind of do you wonder? The the yeah. interesting thing about Mister Rogers was during all his episodes, he never told anyone that his religion was the one true religion. That you must be like him to be a good person. You must believe yeah. the things that he believes to, you know, not go to hell. Yeah, he it never even came up. And uh, by the way, uh, TD, hey man, hello. Uh, is it still in syndication? Uh, yeah, in some places it is. Uh, you can still find uh, clips over on YouTube. Uh, it's, According to PBS, all 900 episodes are still supposed to be readily available. Yep. And uh, if you uh, if you go looking for... Uh, 900 hash- episodes. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, if you go looking over on YouTube... Uh, sorry, not on YouTube. Uh, well, actually, yeah. Over on YouTube, uh, on my personal oh. channel... Uh, under Shujin Tribble, uh, a couple years ago in 2013, 13 was the first time that I had gone to his statue in Pittsburgh while I was attending Anthrocon. 
And ever since then, I've been doing something called Breakfast with Fred, where we get a bunch of people together, and we literally walk to the train station, go across the river, and on Saturday morning have cereal and donuts and coffee and juice at the foot of Fred Rogers' statue. Just because we can. You know, no, nothing, nothing to do about it. No, no special, nothing, no, no uh, fancy anything. Just we're just going to go and have breakfast, you know, eight in the morning on a Saturday morning because we can, you know. But that's, you know, we're we're getting pretty close to the end of it all. But mm. I think the thing that kind of makes me sad about bringing up Fred Rogers. Mr. Rogers is that he seems to be the exception, the very visible exception to the very visible rule. And I, I know, I know before anybody goes ahead and says it, not all Christians or not all religious or not all theists. I know. And, and it's true, but of the visible ones, I mean, who else is is out there who does have a very strong religious background but intentionally leaves it aside to teach well? Really, besides Mr. Rogers, I have a really hard time thinking of anybody. Not a public figure, no. Yeah. And you think of uh, some of the people who are in the media who are known to be religious and the one that springs to mind, and I don't know why, because I don't even, I don't think I've ever watched a full football game, but Tim Tebow, who has to make this big production out of praying and, and all this crap. And it was, it was an, an arrogant display to me because he's a look at me, I'm a Christian and I, I kiss ass to God and God and did all of that God. Crap. God accepted my sacrifice of pulling the arm out of my side. I don't know. Whatever the hell. Whatever the hell it was. Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. Yes. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Yes. Which basically means if you're out in public, shut the fuck up. Oh yeah. By the way, did you, uh, heretic woman? Did you see on uh, Facebook, uh, Susie had went ahead and uh, was out there in Philly and saw all these people who were doing the whole religious protest thing. No, that's awesome. Oh, <laughs> uh, she 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 was in in bulldog mode. She was ready to go ahead. I believe and it. Through some people. I believe it. Yeah, my so- my favorite one was when she tackled the protesters at the strip joint. <laughs> oh, good lord. You know, we, we should, we should, yeah, we need, we need to see that. That's, that's, that's another thing. Uh, what do we got over here? Uh, the Mattress King has done more in the name of a God than any church has recently. Yes. Uh, wait, who? Ah, uh, the Mattress King. Uh, Trippin, you may have to refresh my memory, but I think they either donated a bunch of money or a bunch of mattresses to either I, I don't know if it was just homeless or disaster relief but they made like a, a massive donation in that vein I just don't remember the details 
You sure help me out? Yes. You sure, you sure it's a, a metro sales place? Because that, that sounds suspiciously like a Disney movie to me. No. I could be entirely no, wrong about this. No, I'm going to have to. There you uh, go. Mattresses. Thank you, Stephanie. Donated. Oh, right. I think it was um, during one of the floods, like maybe the Houston flood or. Puerto Rico, maybe they set match. I'm gonna have to look it up now. Now it's gonna bug me. Sure, we'll find that one. Get my Google foo out here. Oh, there you go. Uh, Trip is saying, uh, owns a few mattress stores that let people stay in the stores during the hurricane. Oh, very nice. Very good. Yes, very, very good. So people could sleep in the display models. Yeah, if, 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 you know, I was about to say, you know, a whole rent to own position right there except that take it you need you need, you're gonna need a place to sleep take it uh yeah that's a sorry i had something run through my head that uh, i should not say out loud uh not because there's anything necessarily wrong with it uh, i'll tell the guys uh, off the air afterwards because um yeah it's it's something i shouldn't say on air um you know, we uh, we've we've only got a couple more minutes uh, before we have to close up over here, and and normally I'd go ahead and see about closing, but uh, just before we disappear, if there was if there was one thing that we could tell people who were in religion, you buy into this this one nugget because you're part of the religion. A, a, a religion. This is the one thing that we would really like for you to examine with a clear, uh, a clear and objective head. Because I think that that would be very, I, I think that would be very interesting to try to uh, try to have somebody actually examine Yes, I'm I'm basically advocating for the reverse wedge treatment on somebody. Sorry, that's that's the kind of that's the kind of some bitch I am right now. Um or maybe maybe that's just a question I should have for myself. I don't I don't know if you guys want to tackle that in any way. Maybe yes, maybe no. Hmm. I know there's just so many different pieces that we could that we really like to shake them and, and, and dope slap them up the backside of the head. And, why don't you why don't you take a look at this part in the Bible and why don't why don't you actually examine how the hell do you believe this? Uh, I, I think if I were able to look at all theists, regardless of what their religion was, and tell them one thing and one thing only. I think what I would tell them is all your books are written by man, men, humans who are fallible. And they have been edited and revised and edited and revised. They have been translated and manipulated time and time and time again. The older they are, the more they probably have been re- re- reworded and re- uh, translated and rewritten and interpreted. And, and they're the thing- probably 
you've got a lot of mistakes in there that you are taking as absolute fact. And I think before you start going around telling everybody how great and true everything is, you need to go back and see what the oldest thing you can get your hands on is and take a good Mm -hmm. long comparison between what you've been reading and following faithfully versus what the older stuff actually has to say. And I think you'll be surprised. And don't think that number one, being a slave to anything is a virtue. And number two, don't decide that it's a virtue to be a slave to something just because that's what your parents believe. That's that's a big one. Because so much of religion is hereditary. And if you ask somebody, oftentimes they won't even be able to tell you why they're a Jew or a Christian or a Muslim or a Hindu or whatever. It's just, Well, that's just what I am. Well, why? Well, that's how I was raised. Well, think outside the box. Like you're and 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 actually I was just talking about this with David Silverman the other day was don't your parents can be wrong. Your parents can absolutely be wrong. And when it comes to religion, they are wrong. We know this. But don't be afraid to just even just examine something outside of what you're taught because you know surrendering basically your entire one and only life to something just because that's what you were told by somebody else is so ridiculous to me you know uh, expanding on that topic of slavery um when you choose whether your slavery is voluntary or involuntary is immaterial it's slavery you mm-hmm. lose your freedom, okay? Yeah. Now, for some people, there are people out there with the mentality of slavery is just fine with them, of them being the slave. Yeah. Because that means that they don't have to make choices. They don't have to make they decisions. They don't have to think. Yeah, they don't they have, have to, to think. think. And the repercussions of the choices made by their masters well, their masters have to take responsibility for that. Yes, they it's don't have to take responsibility fault. themselves. Right. Yeah. And, and that the- is the only thing about slavery that slavery has going for itself is that as a slave, you don't have the responsibilities. But when you're free, you do have a burden to go with your freedom. And that is responsibility. The responsibility that comes along with the repercussions of your actions and how you choose to treat others, how you interact with others, how you think of others. When you exercise your freedoms in the society around you, you know, depending on how you exercise them, they may break laws, social law, socially created laws. Again, you have to be willing to face those consequences. It wasn't as if you were a slave being forced to do it and your master being the one who gets punished. You are the one who made the decision yourself. Therefore, you are the one who reaps the rewards or the punishment, depending on what it is that you've done. 
I, as a skeptic, as an atheist, as a non-believer, as somebody who sees every day as my own, you know, every moment is, that moment is gone when it passes. I've chosen to do this show, uh, you know, attend and and participate in the show. Um, These are my decisions. The repercussions of the lack of sleep, I'm willing to face them. My son is in town this weekend. But I felt that my experience last weekend was so important that I'm willing to sacrifice this little bit of sleep to be on here to talk about this. You know, this is a repercussion of my action that I am burdened with because of the freedom of my choice. But I'd gladly make it again and again and again and again. Because do you as a person should never, ever openly walk in and, and walk into being someone or something's slave without knowing what you're giving up. Oh, gosh, I've not chosen to be the slave of Jesus. Therefore, I'm a slave to sin. No. First off, sin is subjective. Go ahead and show me two people who define sin exactly the same from different religious backgrounds. Okay? They might get some of the basics, like murdering somebody, the same. I was like, great, let me show you in your book where there's a whole bunch of sin going on by your deity. Well, the deity's doing mm-hmm. it, so it's not sinful. It's like, eh, let's not go there. But I, I know, we need to wrap. But the point is, is that... Um, I'm not living a sinful life, okay? I'm living a life where I'm treating people with respect around me, where I'm being nice to them. And I'm, you know, I see somebody who needs help, I'm helping them. You know, many religions talk about that as it being a positive thing. How can a a positive thing like that be sinful? Especially when you're saying that in your beliefs, You'd be doing the same thing. Okay. Uh, Heretical, was there uh, anything left over for you at this point? No, I think I covered it. Okay. Um, real quick for me then. Um, if there was one thing that I could, uh, that I could uh, tell somebody, look at this in your, uh, in your religion and really examine it with an open mind, with an objective uh, point of view. The one that seems to be almost universal, I can't say totally, but seems to be almost universal. Examining the parts that say everyone else is wrong, everyone else is to be distrusted, and everyone else is to be shunned, beaten, converted, or killed. Anyone that is not part of the group, anyone that does not believe, same as we do. Because, to me, that would seem to be the biggest obstacle to so many different things. 
what's wrong with just saying you believe different from me? Okay. But how can we reduce suffering for everybody? Maybe it's as simple as that. Maybe that really will be the hardest hurdle to get through. I don't know. With any luck, maybe one day we will have a successor to Mr. Rogers who can explain it to everybody. Jeez, I can dream, right? It's a good dream. Ain't that the truth. As always, everybody, thank you very much for being with us tonight. We hope that you found something worthwhile in all our perspectives and had a good time listening to us all. Well, what few there are of us right now. (laughs) So, all of you over there in the chat, uh, I want to thank you guys individually. Uh, So, I know full well, uh, Trippin, TD, Stephanie, Felis, thank you guys very much for being part of it all i'd otherwise thank heretic woman but she's being a bitch right now and she's actually in two places at once and really screwing up my heisenberg compensators right now so, <laughs> how am i thanks. in two places at once you're 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 in the chat and you're over here so don't don't even pull this like you, you i like haven't you posted over there in like an hour <laughs> to, to our real-time viewers thank you very much for attending the show tonight it's one of one of the rare shows where I've actually inspired a topic. Well, it happens sometimes. So thank you very much for your time, and you have yourself good sleep. You too. Close enough. That's fine. Uh, Eric Woman, uh, May you have else? restful dreams of yeah, yeah, yeah. sunflowers and marshmallows. Heretic <laughs> Woman, just and so you know, yes. we did. Yes. Shut up. We did actually plug your show last week, so since which you, one? Uh, uh, all, all of them. I okay. Think. Did, did, sure. Wait, um, did you give him the cork back? No cork. Let it. Let, let it go. Let it go. So do all the things that you have to do. Yes. Well, first of all, um, we didn't actually plan to do a show this week. Uh, except that um, we got contacted by David Silverman, who said, hey, can I come on your show? We're like, yes. So uh, go check that out. We did a special show on Thursday with David talking about the American Atheist Convention. And uh, he did an awful lot of talking, but that's okay, because that's what he does. (laughs) But uh, do check that out. And Monday, we're super excited. We are having Esther Palmer, who escaped the FLDS out in Bountiful, British Columbia. So she's going to come and tell us her story, which I think is going to be amazing, because... Does the F uh, stand for what I think it is? Does... Yeah. What? (laughs) Does the F part of that acronym stand for what I think it does? Fundamental. Okay. So no. (laughs) Put put it back out of the gutter. Um, But yeah, we're excited to talk to her and uh, find out all about her experiences in that. And she belonged to the Warren Jeffs side of the cult. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're excited about that. And um trying to think now. Because uh, I just I just did like I booked ahead like five shows. So just 
that'll be good for now though. So those are two to go check out there. And that's at beyond the trailer park, beyond the trailer park.com. You come find our uh, YouTube channel and uh, we have Facebook page and all that fun stuff and Spreaker and Stitcher and iTunes and all that. So you can go find us there. And then I just launched a new episode of full chronic last night this morning uh so you can go do that that's uh, we're at episode 10 already uh which is pretty awesome and uh this week what did we f- oh we found out that um Allah has decided that only people who speak arabic would have believed him when he revealed the quran so uh, apparently that's why it's in arabic and we also hear about the uh, beginning of the story of solomon and sheba and they're getting ready to have a war so we actually have some action going on instead of allah just sitting there going i'm gonna mess you people up for not believing me which it's been 46 surahs of that so far (laughs) and as i say regurgitated uh we went over moses noah lot oh lot's wife does not get turned into a pillar of salt in the quran in fact she doesn't even get mentioned (laughs) Um, you know uh given the choice between not getting mentioned and turning into a pillar of salt i don't know which is the worst of the two yeah, I don't know. And he doesn't sleep with his daughters either. Well, at least not yet. Because the Quran is really weird. It it will tell you sort of the basics of a story. And then you'll keep reading. And then another chapter, it'll tell the story again. But it'll add a detail or two. And then you'll hear it for the third time. And then it'll add some more details. So who knows? I, I think I've been told the the Moses story like five times now, and I don't think he's done with it yet. Uh, like you know, it, you, the way that you're describing this, all I can, all I can hear in, in my head is uh, Prince Humperdinck skip to the end. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, but hey, I somebody's got to read it, right? So. So, yeah, that's uh, uh, com. We are now on uh, Stitcher, Google Play, and iTunes. So if you want to catch it on one of those places, by all means, do that. But you can listen right off the website as well if you want and download. So that. So I think that covers everything. Excellent. So uh, as as always, like I said, everybody, thank you very much for being part of. Uh, and uh, since this is becoming a little bit of a, an end of the show tradition at this point, um, tonight's was um, the uh, the rusty chain. Um, so what's my uh, what's my interpretation of it? It's, it's more beer? bitter beer. You didn't find any links in the bottom, no. you? did you? No, nothing went clank inside. So, uh, um. I guess at this point I have not yet found a beer that I like, but um, it's only two out of, yeah, it's only two out of, uh, however, there, however, is a four pack of hot chocolate beer that's on sale over at Wegmans right now in with all of the uh, Valentine's day stuff. (laughs) I've, I've thought about it, but at the same time, it's like, it's a four pack. If I don't like it, which is very likely, unfortunately. Uh, 
yeah, so we'll consider that. So all of you guys have yourselves a, a, a great time. Uh, as a, I just, uh, yes. I was just going to say, Stephanie says she, appre- she appreciates my sacrifice in terms of full chronic. And she said the show is only half an hour and that's as much as I can take in one dose. <laughs> yeah, there is that. Uh, so thank you guys. Uh, and, and you're a beer drinker and you think that a hot chocolate beer will be vile. It's possible. I don't know. Uh, I'm very likely not going to be trying it. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> so uh, three, now, three is, beers down and, and so far nothing for me. No, is hot chocolate beer served cold or hot? Uh, so coming up, uh, it, we're going to be looking at the 200th episode, uh, which is probably going to be a, a little bit overextended. Um, I have to talk with uh, I have to talk with uh, Bridget. We may have somebody come on, but I'm going to warn you guys ahead of time. I have every intention of making the 200th episode a drunk cast at this point for myself, <laughs> simply because I can. The question is: Do I do just uh, one bottle of beer, one bottle of wine, maybe a little bit of both? Maybe a little bit more than a bottle of wine. I don't know. I'll kind of figure that out as we go along. We got a little bit of time before that. But um, I am I'm grateful that we're going to be making it to 200 episodes. For the guys over there at No Religion Required, all of you. Thank you for doing the job that you did. And thank you for stepping down so that I could beat you to 200 episodes. I'm yeah. very, <laughs> I did hear that. part. <laughs> I can't imagine why, but uh, otherwise, thank you. And you guys that are hanging out with us live. Thank you. Because even uh, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I, I don't like not getting emails or voicemail or anything like that. You guys are hanging out with us for this time. That means you find something worthwhile in what we're doing. And I'm grateful for that. So thank you. I'm getting a little bit, uh, I'm getting a little bit punchy. So let's go ahead and uh, get our butts on out of here. If you want to follow us on all of the various social media, as well as get the link to the voice only podcast version, take a swing over to holycrapthevlogcast.com. You can follow all the stuff over there. I will see about putting up the new picture for next week's show to figure out which uh, which bottle of beer am I going to be sampling this week, which is next week. Figure it out from there. If you do feel like throwing a voicemail message, feel free. The phone number, again, is 859-HCTV-554, 859 554. With any luck, maybe next week we will have our usual graphic on the screen. Uh, yeah, things got screwed up over Google side, so it is what it is, or isn't what it is at this point. You all have yourselves a great week. We'll be looking forward to that. And the only uh, the only piece that I need to uh, let you guys know about, and this is on a personal side, February 14th, we know full well, is typically referred to as Valentine's Day. Some people call it Singles Awareness Day. For me, it's Jack Benny's birthday. So on my Wednesday show, because it falls on a Wednesday, I'll be playing 
four of Jack Benny's old time radio shows. So if you're all interested in that, follow me on my personal social media links under Shujin Tribble, S-H-U-J-I-N. And who knows? Maybe you'll find something that you're going to enjoy listening to if you've never heard this stuff before. But otherwise, do have a good week. Please stay safe. And we will see you at that point. As always, I wish you all the peace I no longer have. I wish you the strength that I've learned. I wish you well. And of course, my lady, 12 years on, I am still in love. Matane Fujin. I love you. I miss you. Dream of me. As always, until the next time we get together, everyone. Good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment on the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links to our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Google Plus pages. Theme music provided by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. On behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening.